Hey, Maggie. Hey, what? Why are cats so good at video games? I don't know. What? Because they have nine lives. <laughs> Dad, that's so funny. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Engage, a family gaming podcast. This is episode 129. My name is Steven Dutzman, and I'm your host, as always. This is a video game podcast this week, and I am joined by two very special people. One, my lovely wife, Jenna. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It's been far too long from my perspective. I know you've enjoyed the break. And making her video game podcast debut, our board game editor, Linda Roble. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. So, for those of you wondering, the world is not collapsing, uh... If you paid attention to our Instagram feed, you'll know that my wife and Linda uh, collaborated heavily on our Labo coverage, um, and uh, so they are here, and we're going to talk about Nintendo Labos um, at great length, um, because they are neat, and they built the entire variety kit, for the most part, over the course of one weekend. Um, God rest your souls. Um, and, uh, so you had some fun and we're going to do the normal Engage Family Gaming podcast stuff. Speaking of which, in case you didn't know, this is the official video game board game podcast for EngageFamilyGaming.com. EFG is a website where parents like myself and my co-hosts come together to give parents and families the information they need to get their family game on. Um, so... You guys did the Labos. This is a bit, this is going to be a packed show. So you guys did the Labos. That's our big topic. That's post-break. Beforehand, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Nintendo's E3 plans because they have confirmed them. Um, also, it's worth talking about our E3 plans, which means I will be there. Thank you very much to my wife for letting me go once again. Um, and thank you, Linda, for letting her husband go. Um, because as those listening to the show for a long time know, her husband, John, is a critical part of our E3 team because he's the guy who plays uh, right tackle for me to get me where I need to go. So um, so th- we'll talk about E3, but before we do that, we're going to go around the horn, and really I'm the only one who's played any video games in the last couple of weeks, so I'm just going to go nuts talking about uh, the Swords of Ditto and Lightfall. Um, but before I go too much farther, I'd like to ta- take a moment to thank you for listening this week. Uh, we hope the games that you've been playing have been great. I'll tell you what, those two games are very good. So I've been in good shape. Uh, we want to make our podcast more interactive. So please feel to reach out to us on social media or email me at editor at engagedfamilygaming.com with any .com, dot com. So editor at engagedfamilygaming.com with any questions, comments, topic suggestions, segment suggestions, etc. I don't know, nicknames for my wife, whatever. We'll go with it. All nice ones. Don't be rude. Anyway, um, I'm the one that comes up with bad nicknames. That's just what I do. Um, So, um, let's go around the horn. So, um, Jenna, have you seen me play either of these games? I vaguely recall you being in the room. I I watched the Swords of Ditto game. All right. And that, it's really cute, but I have no idea what it's actually about. Other than it's cute, and my kids got really mad and kept restarting it over and over and over again when they played. 
Yes, so uh, they did. So The Swords of Ditto is published by Devolver Digital. I first encountered it at PAX East a few weeks ago, and it is already out. So The Swords of Ditto is as follows. It is a roguelike, which means a game that every time you die, the game world resets, and it is and it is different, um, where you play a child who is designated the Sword of Ditto, Ditto being this great ancient hero or whatever. And uh, every 100 years, uh, the this evil wizard uh, arises from their grave and attacks the population. Um, and so a sword of Ditto has to take up the sword and go fight, and has four days to gather strength to go fight this crazy wizard witch thing. Um, that's the basic premise. Every time you defeat them during that cycle, the world gets a little happier and nicer. Every time you die, it gets darker. Um, it is super random. Now, this takes place in the very far future, so our toys are considered their special weapons. So, for example, during my demo, I played with a whole bunch of stuff unlocked. Like, one of the items that you can buy is a Power Ranger suit literally a Power Ranger suit. Um, it's not called a Power Ranger suit, but come on. It's a Power Ranger suit. Uh, the, one of the guns you are, the weapons you are given is a Nerf gun. Like, right off the bat, you get a Nerf gun. Um, so it's Zelda. It's a, very on the nose. It is like a hand-drawn Zelda game um, and plays very similar to a Zelda game, only the overworld is random um, and uh, there are these kind of roguelike elements. Um, it's really fun. It's hard, uh, but there is two-player cooperative play, which uh, is something that I really appreciate and both of our boys appreciated, except for the fact that our young, that our middle son um, did not like the fact that he could not create his character because it just g randomly generates you someone, um, and so he repeatedly kept dying trying to create new characters, and that frustrated his older brother because, you know, dying is bad in this game, so they kept restarting. It was a mess. Um, so... I mean, what do you do? Kids are stupid, but um, I talk about that a lot. But so, Swords of Ditto is right now on PlayStation Four and PC. Um, but I expect that it will be coming to other consoles later on. And guys, it's real good. It's real good. It's like twenty bucks. It's uh, this is a game. I think you get a lot of play out of it. Um, and it is hand drawn. It looks like kind of a. It's got like a a, a uh, Adult Swim kind of cartoon vibe, just the way that all the animation is done, and it's super rad. So that is The Swords of Ditto. Uh, I will have a review. I'm actually writing it tomorrow. Um, so there will probably be a review probably um, up on the site by the time this podcast goes live, if not sooner. Or if not, just slightly afterwards. So, um, so that's The Swords of Ditto. Another game that I wanted to talk about, which probably I like more... Um, but possibly just because it's more my style, is Lightfall. This was announced at the recent Nindy Direct presentation. Um, it is a platformer where you can run through the levels and create your own platforms. So it is designed to just be bananas speedrun. Um, I am terrible at it because, in general, hashtag Steve is bad at video games. But, um, man, is it fun when you like actually do it right. Um, because... It is, you know, it definitely tests your skills to get through some of the play segments. Um, but fear not, even our middle guy was able to progress in the game with, um, with some practice. So that says a fair amount. I mean, this isn't an easy game by any stretch, but he was able to play it and get through 
all the way up to and past the first boss. So that was pretty impressive. So that's Lightfall. It is on the Nintendo Switch right now and PC, and I think it's coming to everything eventually. Uh, but right now it's Switch and PC. I think it's like 15 bucks. I don't know. They gave it to me. Full disclosure, both, cop- both games were given to me by the developers. So yeah, that's Fair it. Enough. Those are the two games. Um, they're really good, but man, we, we, they, they, it was, what's crazy is they came out at an interesting time because, um, they're out now. Um, and this Friday is the day this podcast comes live. Cause, um, I don't know if I mentioned it to anybody. Our podcast comes out on Fridays now, um, because who knew our download numbers double when we do them on Fridays. People nice. like listen to the podcast on Friday. So guess what? We go where the people go. Um, but this Friday, Jenna, you'll be excited about this. Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. I was gonna ask it's for the Switch out. is this Friday, um, and I think it is uh, very likely that we're gonna get it. Okay, I'm excited. It's one of my favorite games. I never get to play the Switch. I mean, we're, we're gonna be 100 percent totally honest. I never get to play our. Switch. I think that you will be allowed to play Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. As long as my son doesn't talk smack to me about how bad I am at video games and then do poorly like he did with Cuphead. He's like, You're just, is, it, is it actually a hard game or is it mom hard? Okay, for real though, that was funny. Yeah, but failed miserably. But, but it was funny because then he went and got beat. Right. Um, so it is, to be fair, uh, from my understanding, Tro- Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze is actually hard. But don't worry, uh, there's a Funky Kong mode in it where if you get stuck, you can play as Funky Kong, which means you can jump better, um, you don't take damage, and you can land on spikes because he rides around on a surfboard. So you are basically invincible. Well, it definitely sounds like something the kids will like, and hopefully, um, hopefully it'll end up here. I suspect that it will, eventually, Friday. Anyway, um, so that sounds a little bit like an easy mode or an assist mode, like in uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Yes, it's exactly like that. Um, so, but instead of being the regular characters, you're Funky Kong, and yeah. and I'm okay with that because uh, I. Oh, there you go. Um, Yay. I um, Funky Kong was the name of my gorilla uh, pet when I was in uh, World of Warcraft. His name was Funky Kong, so I have. A, he holds a special place in my heart. What you didn't think I was? Did you? Did you really think I, they were gonna let me have a pet gorilla, and I wasn't gonna name it Funky Kong? Did you? I mean, hold on, Jenna. Answer. Did you honestly think I was not gonna name my gorilla Funky Kong? I I I'm not gonna comment. It has an easy mode. Um, and yes, you play as a surfer gorilla and you can bounce on spikes. It's what's really been entertaining is they have, uh, people have been photoshopping the easy mode with funky Kong, which is on the corner of the box on everything. So like dark souls remastered easy mode with funky Kong and things like that, which truth be told, if they let me play dark souls remastered at funky Kong, I would probably do it. So um, so anyway, that is um, so. This is a, this is a pretty bananas week. We just got an announcement about Ikaruga coming to the Switch at the end of this month. Now that's just for nerds like me, um, but that's very exciting. Um, so what is that? Ikaruga. Um, so it is. Do you guys remember? Like, okay, picture centipede. You guys remember centipede? Yes. 
Okay. Only, like, really Japanese. <laughs> um, you're a spaceship, and you're moving around the board, um, very similarly to Centipede, and there are enemies flying all over the screen, and they shoot bullets um, in such a way that you're not really dodging the bullets so much as memorizing the pattern that the bullets leave on the screen and navigating that. The, the, the genre is called a bullet hell shooter. Because it's just bullets everywhere, and you're trying to dodge them. And like I said, you're not so much dodging as you are, like, memorizing the pattern. It's closer to, like, Guitar Hero almost than it is to, like, an actual, like, shooting game. Um, and it's kind of neat that it's coming to the Switch, because I've never actually gotten a chance to play it. I just know that it's very good. So I'm, uh, I'm excited. It's the end of this month. And, okay. it's, and it's hard, but it's okay for kids, because you're a spaceship blowing up spaceships. So, so it's like you know. Galaga? Kind of, uh, kinda, yeah. You're okay. uh, you you have a little bit more freedom of movement because you can move all the way to the top of the screen and all the way to the back. Um, but yeah, it plays like those. It's an arcade style shooter, only it has some different mechanics. And it started that genre, or at the very least, redefined it and like made it what it is. Because bullet hell shooters are a very big deal, like in Japan. Okay, fair yeah. enough. I remember I'm a fan for my arcade. I remember yeah. them from arcade days. Yeah, I'm old. That's that's you why that's why I said that's why I said. Do you remember Centipede? Because I figured, right. I figured you guys would, and that's fine. So, uh, so that's Ikaruga. Um, I haven't played it yet, but I will be getting it probably maybe after my E3 trip, uh, because you know, I don't need more video games leading up to E3. So uh, that is around the horn. Some really good games. Re I mean, I, I would put them. If you have some spare dollars, just watch a YouTube video, decide which of those two you want, and roll with it. Um, so, um, let's talk about our first topic, though. Uh, speaking of E3, um, Nintendo has announced their E3 plans, um, and I think they're actually pretty neat and worth talking about. So, um, just going basically down the schedule, their video presentation... Um, which is, it's at their normal time, noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on June 12th. It will be a video presentation. They're not having a press conference like Microsoft and Sony. This is their normal thing. Um, and their, uh, the, the specific quote from them, um, is get a look at Nintendo Switch games for 2018, including Super Smash Brothers. And then afterwards, stay right here for live streaming events throughout E3. Because after that, they will have uh, their plan is to have Treehouse Live. And they're also going to have an Invitational Smash tournament, and they will be having the Splatoon 2 World Championships uh, that will also be happening on their E3 stage. Um, so they did indicate in their press release that games for 2019 will be announced and addressed at a later time, likely during their Treehouse Live segments. So we can pretty much expect E3 to be all about the games that are coming out in the, in the back half of the year, um, which is pretty exciting because we really don't know a lot of the games that are slated for the rest of this year. Um, so, yeah. Um, the biggest one is Super Smash Brothers. Now, Linda, um, you were not really aware of what the hell this game was about until I gave you homework. So yesterday I told you to watch the Smash announcement trailer... Um, and mm -hmm. I showed you some YouTubers playing it um, as a completely fresh mom becoming aware <laughs> of Super Smash Brothers more than just, a, you know, hearing the name. What were your thoughts on the Super Smash Brothers content that I forced you to watch? 
Well, the YouTube video, I have to be honest, it was the first time I've actually watched a YouTuber play a video game. Okay. That was let's put a pin in that because crazy. let's put a pin in that because I want to talk about that too. Um, okay. So, what did you think about Smash? Smash actually looked really fun. Um, it was not. I really wasn't sure what to expect, but what I saw wasn't quite what I was expecting. I suppose um, it was, you know, the different settings, the mix of characters. It just looked a lot like a lot of fun, especially if you know the backstory of these characters and have some investment in the the different um, games that they come from. Yeah, that's pretty much what Smash is all about. Smash is all, I mean, the, um, I, you described it, you know, one of the best parts about it, right? Um, the roster is huge, and it involves pretty much every Nintendo first party, and they always have weird guests in there. Um, and it really is all about kind of celebrating the games that you love, um, and, you know, just everybody being in there. For the, I think there were like 40-something characters in Smash for Wii U, including Pac-Man and Mega Man and Sonic the Hedgehog and the Wii Fit Trainer and Cloud from Final Fantasy VII and Ryu from Street Fighter and Dr. Mario um, and, like, three versions of Link. Um, so it's... It, it is wild, Um and we got we we got a new one coming, and I'm very very excited, Jenna. How not excited are you to hear me and the boys just have nonstop hype from June until whatever day this thing comes out? Okay, so I mean, you know how I feel. It's not that I hate Smash because in and of itself the game is fun. Um, my kids love to watch other people play Smash and various esports events um which kind of yes. makes me crazy because they talk incessantly about them but they're actually not very good at the game um which is which they're is really not they're challenging terrible. to hear them talking about i owned you and i did this and i did th and they're not really very good at it and neither am i frankly but um to be fair i, to I am also terrible at smash i am I abominably bad at smash i have yet to see it's a fun party game when we get all of our friends together, we used to play it a long, long time ago, way back when on, like, was it the GameCube yes. that we played? Yes, it was and on it the GameCube. it was Game a lot Cube. of fun when we had, you know, when we were first hanging out with all of our friends and our video games and stuff like that. Yep. Um, so my big problem is I have yet to see anybody play that game as a child and not get super hyper. I do not know what it is about that game, but it gets everybody all riled up, and, and it really does make our kids and their friends whenever they play super hyper so that is why i don't like smash it's not that the game itself is bad it's what the effect on that 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 particular game has on my children's temperament <laughs> i think that's fair i think it's less smash and more the style of competition because most other games are one-on-one, -on -one, right? So it's like one-on-one, -on -one, like if they're playing Marvel or Street Fighter, like it's one-on-one -on -one and the other kids are kind of watching. Whereas in this case, you can just pile them all in there because, you know, in Smash right. for Wii U, it was an eight-player game, so you could have everybody. And so, you know, it is, you know, everybody is just kind of feeding off of each other, um, which is one of the reasons why the eight-player mode is so awesome, because everybody can just be crazy. Um, but I can understand why that might be uh, problematic when a the average age is, like, nine and a half. <laughs> right, right. Lots of hyper. Super excited. 
nine and a half year olds all at once. And, and you're probably right. It's not the game itself. It's a product of the style of game and the number of people playing at the same time that kind of drives that up. But that's one game that you know when when I was running it, I expressly forbid the kids from playing um, because it made me so crazy after a while. Yeah. And it's not the content or the fighting or the you know battle modes or anything like that. It was just how they behaved. I don't know. I mean, do your kids get hyper when they play any kind of game so far, Linda? Um, not too much, but we don't have a ton of diversity on our games. Um, so I haven't seen too much with my kids at home. However, I actually have a funny story from today for kids getting hyper about something on a screen at work. And of all the silly things, it was calendar. I was resetting the calendar for the month. <laughs> And the, it did something silly. It dragged a thing that shouldn't have been dragged. It was like the, the silliest little thing. And I had 26-year-olds lose their minds. <laughs> so, yeah. So kids are dumb. In, kids are dumb. This is the point in case of it doesn't even matter the content. It, it was a screen. They thought it was funny. And, it, you know, and it was bright and early in the morning. We were doing morning calendar. And they lost their minds. So, I mean, to, yeah. be, so to I be fair. You're right. When 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 things go south for the teacher trying to do her stuff, that is funny. So I mean, I probably would have laughed too. I mean, and I'm not six, but I'm emotionally I'm kind of six sometimes. But right, Jenna, is that what you were gonna say? Emotionally, I'm kind of six. I said no words. No words mm. came out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so um, so smash. Um, I uh, we will have. Uh, we're gonna, uh, we're in a moment. We're gonna cut, and there's gonna be an interview that is a ride-along interview that you two weren't privy to. I actually did a ride-along segment specifically with Evan and Jake to talk to them about who they wanted in the game, who they wanted out of the game, um, etc. Um, I think uh, my answer for the character that I want in the game that will never happen but would have me super hype is worth listening to this segment. So, um, when we're done with this, just be ready. You're going to be listening to me talk to the boys and then we'll hop back and take our break. But so, um, so the other things they're going to talk about. So that's smash. Um, so you watch them play. So before we talk about other things, so you watched smash, um, you thought it was fun. Um, Mm -hmm. so I sent you like a 15 minute long video because I couldn't really find another one that wasn't like raw gameplay and like super out of context and obnoxious. Um, so I sent you, you yeah, well, I didn't, I tried to, I tried to find a video that was like something simple, like a one-on-one fight with like commentary, you know, that wasn't like Evo, which is like, you know, that's the world fighting game championships. That is not what the actual game looks like when it is played because like, you know, they're professionals. It's, it's like, I-, I wanted you to watch the equivalent of like pop Warner football, which is, you know, so that's what I sent you. Um, how long through the video did you make it before you tuned out the YouTubers? Um, I didn't have to tune them out. Okay. Um, they, they they weren't too obnoxious. It was one of those I was sort of half listening, but I I was you know kind of waiting in case there was anything valuable. So I did tune in enough to be aware of it. But again, using my super mom skills to only like half pay attention yeah. to glean what I needed from it. Fair enough. 
I mean, shout out to the black nerd who uh, was the guy that I picked. Uh, he is a prominent video uh, video game movie and comic book reviewer. He's got a YouTube channel. Um, so shout out to him. Um, he's he's a nice guy. I have never met him. I think I saw him at E3, but I've never met him. Um, he likes Power Rangers just like me. So he and I are basically brothers. Um, so the... Um, I mean, the fact that we watched, like, a 15-minute video, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to that game, lots of game modes. Um, mm-hmm. If you know what Smash is, then probably I don't need to sell you on Smash. You're, you're either in or you're out. There's a lot of folks that just don't dig it. It's not their jam, and so they skip it. Um, but there are a lot of folks, especially Nintendo fans, that are just all in, midnight release. Um, we are all in. So you guys don't have to worry, Linda. You can always borrow our copy um, because right. I, if and, it and you saw worldwide the reaction when Nintendo announced. Oh it man, Linda! Ridiculous. What I should have sent you was the or video, the reaction, the reaction video. Someone made a compilation video of dudes who were doing live reactions videos of the Nintendo <laughs> conference when that was announced. It was insane. I'm talking now. Okay. Of those responses, because they did like, they went through like 10 people. I am certain that at least one of those was a dude like way overselling his emotional reaction because it wasn't one of surprise. It was just like, it looked like he was cutting a wrestling promo. But several of them were just legit, especially the ones that had multiple people in the room. Their energy was feeding off each other. They were very excited. I saw one grown man cry um, because there's some people out there that love them some Smash. So, um, the so do, did you do you remember the characters that were that they used in the video? Um, there were there was one that was two different oh, from the Pac Man. Um, All right. Genre, and then I don't remember what the other two were. I just know they were picking like they were part of the the focus of that video was they were picking like one weapon that they only could use or one you know component. Like one was all mallets and one was all bombs, and it was just it was really silly. Oh, that's right. They were choosing each other's weapons and limitations. Yes. Um, that is one way. That's one of the things that I really like about Smash is, um, unlike fighting games, right? Like like traditional fighting games like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, which obviously mm-hmm. not for kids, Injustice, other games like that uh, that are one on one. Um, they're they are truly games of skill in that you know all you have are your super moves and your combos and things like that. In Smash, they have equalizers in the form of like special items and weapons that if you activate them, they just pop all up over the screen. Uh, so you know there are a bunch of different bombs and proximity mines and you know rockets, uh, but there are also baseball bats and laser swords and um, Pokemon. Like, literally, you can throw a Pokeball, and it will summon legendary Pokemon on the field. So, it is, um, it, it is, when, when Jenna referred to it as a party game, as opposed to a fighting game, I think that that is apt. Uh, because it's not mm-hmm. a traditional fighting game, like you might think. There are fighting elements, obviously, um, but right. it is definitely intended to be a party game. In fact, the Wii U version had an eight-player mode, which was the first time that had ever been a thing. Um, I actually didn't particularly care for it because I just I'm too I easily distracted. Crazy. There's just so much going on, and I'm so and I'm mm. bad at the game to begin with. Um, 
So as someone that's not a video gamer, I found two player was perfect because I think more would have been overwhelming for me to try to keep track of. That's why I but selected a two player fight and not the, you the know first. Your audience. The, exact. Well, I've been doing this for a while. So the 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 uh, <laughs> the first video that popped up was an eight player battle, like like an eight player fight. And there was just too much going on on the screen. It would have just confused you. Mm-hmm. No disrespect. It would have confused me. No. I'm a beginner at this. So yes. You've got to start at the beginning. Exactly. This was your first ever assignment for a video game podcast. I didn't want to, you know, go <laughs> crazy. Um, so the, um, the what, what we'll do is now that we've had you on the basic stuff, next time we'll have you on after um, Summer Games Done Quick. And then you can. Oh yeah. So that, then we can have you watch. Uh, you can we can have you watch some speed runs, and then we'll do that. Jenna really doesn't like speed runs. Speaking of which, I have to double my fee for that. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, I'll triple it. I'll triple your fee. <laughs> um, the best part, Jenna, they already announced the schedule for uh, Awesome Games Done Quick. It Yay. is after so another, E3. That's a whole nother another week. Where you're just a whole another ten months of my kids talking about glitching games when they really don't know what they're actually talking about. Yay! I'm so excited. Now he pretty much talks about glitching games nonstop. So yes, Linda, f- because you don't, it, 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 I've listened to the podcast okay, you know. since you launched. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Okay, good. All right, that's good. <laughs> I forget that you actually listen to this show. Um, Jenna doesn't, so I'm, you know, there's that. No, why should I? <laughs> I hear it all at home, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Because <laughs> okay, I don't you hear love it for me. the six hours that I sleep. Because you, because you love me and because you want to support me. How about that? So, um, on that note. I pass your business card out at work, though. I mean, that, that's got to count for That something. is good. That is good. So, um, the, uh, so we know that they're having their uh, press conference at noon. They're going to be talking about some other stuff. Um, one of the things they may talk about is the new Pokemon game, Mrs. Dutzman. The new Yay. Pokemon game for the Switch. <laughs> now, here's what's interesting, Linda. Um, I don't know if you've heard about our conundrum about the new Pokemon. Is that we're gonna have to buy another Switch if they release another Pokemon? That, that's now. Those of you that are not watching the video, which, by the way, is literally all of you, because we don't publish our podcast as a video at this time. Um, you're seeing. You would be seeing my wife shaking her head, going, "But are we really gonna buy a new po- a new Switch?" No, no. And we're, I, I mean, but we're gonna. It's gonna force us to. It's gonna force us to. Well, that's my problem with Pokemon going to the Switch. I mean, I love Pokemon on the DS. I had a great time playing that game. I don't want it. I mean, I want it on the Switch, but I don't want it on the Switch because we can't have five Switches in this house. We well, just... but two. Okay. Two is reasonable. No, but then our boys are gonna be fighting over, it. and then you're gonna want to play the new Pokemon game, and then. You know, but well, I, I want to play the new Pokemon game. Oh, we'll see. But and there's the answer to that. Wait, the answer to that is. She wants to play the new Pokemon. I don't know. I don't know. This is how we do this. Okay. I'm an adult. So when I want to play video games, I get to play video games because I bought the Switches. These are engaged family switches. gaming Switches. I love how you're just saying this like it's happening. Oh, I mean, it's definitely. <laughs> I mean, with respect, it's definitely happening. But I also think that they're going to drop the price. Um, they have if said, they, they have if, said, if they drop price, sell it without a dock for less than a 3DS cost. But, you know, I think we have enough, we have enough of those in the house too. I mean, well, no, just, but we would have an advantage. We would have a use for an extra set of docks. Keep, see, this is the math, Linda. Let me tell you the math. Another dock is a hundred bucks and another set of Joy-Cons is $80. 
And so if you buy another Switch, it comes with Joy-Cons. And it comes with a dock, which means realistically you're only paying like $120 for the actual Switch tablet. You're basically, it's basically free. <laughs> right, because that three, $400 is basically free. I mean, not literally, but, you know, it's a good value. We would absolutely make use of another set of Joy-Cons. Especially if they were, like, Pikachu yellow. Don't even tell me that you wouldn't use Pikachu yellow Joy-Cons. Don't even. And then we'd use the dock. We'd leave it in my parents' house. They don't know that we'd leave it there, but we totally would leave a dock in my parents' house. Or something. I'm just I'm just saying. Um, but they're going to talk about... You can do the whole campaign for gift cards like you do every year for various birthdays and events, and then we can buy a Switch that way. It's a business expense. Maybe maybe I'll just have Jesse buy it. Um, anyway, so that is... He's, he's not Jesse. He's our mysterious benefactor. Come on now. No, he has a name. He's been on the show. We can't really hide oh. that. He's literally been on the show. He has spoken. Oh. He's actually been on a YouTube video. So we really can't, we can't hide him. Um, so also, so last year they told us that this year there was going to be a Kirby game, which has actually already come out, Kirby Star Allies, and they also said there's going to be another Yarn Yoshi game. And so, um, and that's supposed to come out this year. So my guess is that will also be heavily featured um, at the That game was super cute. E3. Yeah, Yoshi's Woolly World was cute. Um, this one looks more felt than Yarn from what I could tell, but they showed it to us for, like, literally 15 seconds. It was very, very short. So we'll see more. Um, But, I mean, the Switch has some pretty, you know, the the Switch should make that look pretty nice. It's definitely arts and craftsy. Um, But other than that, I have literally no idea what they're going to tell us about. Like... But then again, if they came out and they were just like, hey, check out Pokemon, oh, well, you know what else they might tell us about, Jenna? Oh, yay. Metroid Prime 4. Metroid Prime 4. Um, Probably not, though. That's probably going to... You've probably got a reprieve, but probably a Metroid Prime trilogy. Sorry. Just move out. I mean, I'll just go move somewhere else. You can just go stay with Linda and John for a little while. They won't mind. You can can help supervise our renovation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can go be a foreman, and I'll play Metroid Prime with the boys. You gotta bring Jenna with you, or Maggie with you, rather. What you, you take... don't want to do to her what you did to me? <laughs> she would just Metroid forever. She... she actually likes the character because she has no idea how evil evil Metroid is. Okay, Metroid is not evil. I just played it for a long time while I thought you were asleep. <laughs> I this... you knew everybody knew I wasn't asleep. I made myself very clear. <laughs> At the end, listen, I was trying to beat the game. Sorry. <laughs> Um, but anyway, um, so that is Nintendo's E3 plans. We're going to have a formal prediction show within the next few weeks where we will talk about our actual predictions um, and put them on record. Um, and this is where we get to keep score on how bad I am at predicting E3. But <coughs> why don't we take a little bit of break? Uh, then we will come back and th- those listening will hear the uh, ride-along interview with the boys. Um, and then we will come back and we're going to talk about some Nintendo Labos. How about that? Sounds good. Fair enough. Folks, we'll see you in a minute. Hello, everybody. This is another Ride Along segment. My name is Steven Dutzman. I am always the host so far. And I am joined by my two boys while we're driving. 
to our grandparents' house, well, to their grandparents' house, my mom. Um, and so, uh, we are, uh, we're going to be talking about Super Smash Brothers. So, I am here with Evan. Hi. And Jake. Hi. And we just found out earlier on this week that Nintendo's E3 presentation is going to be all about the new Super Smash Brothers game. So, Smash! So, obviously... We are very excited in this house because this is a Smash household. Now, I know I came out of the PAX episode a couple of weeks ago saying that I think Brawl Out, that I actually think I might like Brawl Out more than I like Smash. That is true. However, that does not mean that I am not incredibly hyped for a new Smash game. So, I thought we were having a little drive. I figured, why wouldn't we talk a little bit about what we want out of this new Smash game? So, we know mechanically it's going to be about the same, right? We know that yeah. every Smash game works more or less the same. You're not counting life totals down. You're bringing up the damage percentage up. And when the damage percentage is up high enough, you can knock your opponents off the, off the map. The goal is to knock everybody off. That's it. That's the, the, that's, I just taught you how Smash works mechanically. Um, it is a very simple and accessible fighting game in that there really aren't complicated combos and stuff like that. It is just button presses and, you know, they, they make it a party game because there's neat items and weapons. Yep. Um, so the most important thing for me and the most exciting part for me out of every Smash game is the roster. Definitely. Jacob, what do you think? I mean, the roster is a pretty big deal, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, so... Um, the most recent game was Smash for Wii U and Smash for 3DS. They had identical rosters. Who were who was your favorite character? One. You may only pick one. Your favorite character from Smash Brothers Wii U. Evan? Does it have to be from the starting roster nope. or can it be a DLC? Anyone that was in any of the, that was any of the characters, but you may only pick one. Cloud? So you pick Cloud. Which was a very big surprise. I did not see that one coming at all. Same with Ryu. Well, I mean, but you can only pick one. Yeah, but I like Cloud more. Fair enough. Jake, who's your favorite character on the Smash Brothers for Wii U roster? Toon Link. Toon Link. Okay, and my favorite character on the Smash 4 roster is Ryu from Street Fighter. So, um, of the three of us... One of us has a pretty good chance of our guy coming back for the next game, and that's Jake. Because uh, I have... Toon Link could definitely come back. I think Cloud and Ryu, probably not gonna, unfortunately. But, so... Besides from the fact that Cloud is a top-tier character. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They they mix it up, and he's a guest. Guests are hard to get to, get to come back. So, um, well, let's talk about this. What is a character that has never been in a Smash game, because we know there's gonna be guests. Name a character who has never been in a Smash game that you think could possibly be in this new game. Can it be completely ridiculous? We're gonna do another one in a minute where it is your wildest dream character. Somebody that shouldn't be in, but you absolutely would lose your mind if they were in it. 
So okay. make it somebody for this first one. Make sure that you pick somebody that you think actually has a chance of being in the game who has never been in the game before. Okay. Jake, who do you think? I think that they should put in a guest. Who do they? Who should they put in? Libre Pikachu. So a different kind of Pikachu, but the Lucha Libre Pikachu that's from Pokémon Tournament. So like yeah. with, with the same moveset? I am a hundred percent down with that, and honestly, I think that's I think not the same moveset. Not the same moveset. It's so move you don't want a you don't want a Lucha Libre Pikachu skin. You want Lucha Libre Pikachu. Yes. So you want the Pokémon moveset? No. Doesn't matter. They'll figure it out. Okay. But will Final Smash be the same? Who's doing this interview? Me or you? It's Final Smash would be the Stone Cold Stunner. Fair enough. Or whatever they called it. Fair enough. So that is... Alright, so that's... I like that. I didn't see that coming. And I think that that is not outside the realm of possibility because Lucha Libre Pikachu is a fan favorite. Now, uh, Evan, who do you think should be in Smash? Keeping in mind... This is our realistic one. Okay. Um. Let me think. I know who I would hate for them nope, to put nope, in Smash, nope, 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 but I want to. I want you to pick. I'll go. Okay. I'll go. They're gonna put Ribbon Girl from Arms in Smash. One hundred percent. I will do twenty push-ups. If Ribbon Girl is not in Smash. You literally just said who I would hate them to put in Smash. That's, that's I do not like ARMS. Like, I do not like the... I do not want the ARMS character in Smash. It would no. be like Dalsum. And I don't like Dalsum. You don't like Dalsum because I whoop you with him. Yes. Alright, so... Uh, Ribbon Girl is 100% going to be in there. So, who has not been in a Smash game that you think they might put in? A Goomba. That's. I'm being serious. You think they're gonna put in a Goomba? All right, fair enough. Well, let's see what happens. That's an interesting prediction. Now. Actually, wait, no, no, no. Can I change my? Yes, no, Shovel Knight. Okay, now that I could get down with. Shovel Knight. I get. Well, I don't know why you didn't take the obvious one and say the kids from Splatoon, because we know they're in it. But hey, be, because Shovel Knight. I'm not because I'm not because we know that they're on the roster. We're, we're predicting who's going to be on the roster that's not already okay. been announced. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, so for clarification, our three that we think will be in that are realistic. I think Jake's is the best. Actually, um, is Lucha Libre Pikachu, Ribbon Girl, and Shovel Knight. I think it's. We live in a world where it's very possible that all three of those characters make this roster. That would be a hype moment. Now, let's talk about our wildest dreams. This is a character that you want in Super Smash Brothers that there is no way, but you would still lose your mind if they were in it. Jake, what do you got? I would think... Uh, can you come back to me last? Yes, I've got mine. Shaquille O'Neal from Shaq Fu. 
What? Have you never, you've never seen Shaq Fu? Do you What's know who that? Shaquille O'Neal is? Yeah, he's the, the, the basketball player. Okay. One of the greatest basketball players of all time. Thank you very much. He's not that basketball player. Shaquille O'Neal had a video game. It was a fighting game that came out on the Sega Genesis called Shaq Fu. And it's coming back as like a brawler game called like Shaq Fu the Legend Reborn or something. It comes out this fall. I would lose my mind if I could play Shaquille O'Neal from Shaq Fu in Smash. So that is my absolutely impossible, but I'm super hype anyway pick. Evan, who is your get hype impossible dream character in Smash? Like super ridiculous? As ridiculous as you want, who, what character in the entire universe would get you most hype? Well, I was going to, going to say Cecil from Final Fantasy IV, but then again, they put in Bayonetta in Smash for, for Wii U, so... I mean, so you mean like, but they put in Cloud, so... Yeah. So they've put Final Fantasy characters in. So who is the craziest character you could possibly imagine? Um, actually trouble. What about uh, what about Iron Man? No. No. Nobody from Marvel. No. All right. I got mine. All right. So Jake, you yeah. go. The coach from Punch Out. <laughs> the coach from Punch Out, the guy that rides the little bike. Yeah. That's your get hype moment. You want to play as that guy? Yes. All right. I will main him, and if they keep him in the next Smash game, I will forever love him. Okay. All right, so Jake is the coach from Punch-Out. Evan, uh, Evan, what do you got? So I've got Shaquille O'Neal. Jake has the coach from Punch-Out. <laughs> Who do you got? Uh, the Ender Dragon. An Ender Dragon. Ooh, Steve from Minecraft, though? No. I think Steve from Minecraft could be a thing. Jake, what do you think? You think Steve from Minecraft could be in Smash? Maybe. If they don't make it so he can have uh, different kinds of swords. Yes. Wow, that actually sounds pretty awesome. Now, Minecraft is owned by Microsoft. So I don't know if that's super likely... Exactly. This is insane. You think I'm going the right way? I'm not really sure. We're driving to Nana's house. Hey, look, it's Ikea. We should probably stop. Um, what about... As you know, I don't think the Ender Dragon would be too big. I think so what that... About, what about Steve from Minecraft? No, I think the most ridiculous character they could possibly put in Smash Bros could be Pepsi Man. Pepsi Man? Who's Pepsi Man? It's an old it was it's an old advertisement thing they used for Pepsi. Okay, now we're just being silly. I had a good one. Yeah, but we're saying ridiculous that could never happen. Yeah, but we're talking about okay, well they wouldn't put like former President Clinton 
in the in there either. That's all. That's not as ridiculous as you think, because he was actually in the original NBA Jam. But I know who they should put in. Who? That would be crazy. John Cena. No, but then he'd be invisible. I mean, why would they put a character that 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 no one can like see? Okay, now how about we talk about the other thing we were going to talk about? Okay, so all right, so ridiculous characters. That would be that would actually be kind of awesome. But all right, so all that aside, so what character from the roster right now, if you could make a cut, what character would you cut right now, Jake? I would cut, um, I would cut Dr. Mario and make that a skin for Mario. Okay. What about you, Ev? I would cut the Meat Fighters. How come? Because they're, because I hate them. I used to play one, but then I realized how stupid they are. They're stupid because it's like, it's just, I don't like them. I don't, I just don't. Okay. They're hard to play. Yeah, and it's like, you have to, and also the Switch doesn't have a Mii Maker on it. So. Um, I mean, you definitely can create a Mii. Yeah, but it doesn't have like a Mii Maker app or something like that. Well, I mean, but they could, okay, but they could make one. I guess. But okay, but you would get rid of the me fighters. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think, who would I get rid of? I would get rid of some of the Pokemon because there's just too many darn Pokemon in that game. But there's only Pikachu, Greninja, and Charizard. It's too many. I just get rid of a few. I but think. if there are but three Pokemon, but then the, but you don't want to get rid of Mario characters. There are there are a lot of Mario characters. Well, who would I get rid of then? I don't know a Mario character. What I would rather do is this: I would rather take Greninja and replace him with Waluigi, because I think it is time for Waluigi and Wario to be in Smash. Wario is in Smash. He's in, the, he's in the current Smash? Yeah. Okay, so then it's time for both Wario and Waluigi to be in Smash. Am I wrong? I don't... I, I guess. But... He's not wrong at all. But what about... But what about Pokemon? Pikachu and Charizard aren't enough. Because that means Smash is for Gen 1ers. Are we getting into that fight now? Yes. I'm not going to get into that argument. Because if they only have Gen 1 Pokemon in there, it's, it's for Gen 1ers. Okay, um, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, then in that case, can we drop Greninja for Incineroar? No, I don't want Incineroar in Smash. I want Incineroar to be in Pokemon. Okay, I mean... Okay, well, now we're just getting crazy. I'm not going to get into that. All right, so I said what I wished. Star Tricks should replace Greninja. I would like Greninja dropped and replaced with with Waluigi. Um, we've talked about who our favorite character was, right? 
did we say who our favorite? We talked about who our favorite character was. We talked about who we would remove. Right? Yep. We talked about who we would want to add, both realistically and stupidly. Yep. My next question is, at E3, do you want them to announce the entire roster? Or do you want them to announce half of the roster and then do like a reveal video on YouTube like every week until release day? Like, do you want to know or do you want to wait and have little reveal videos? Evan? I think they should announce the the cast of characters that was in the shadows in the in the teaser trailer and then a, like one or two more and then they announce all of the other characters um in in um Nintendo Directs like two like or in YouTube videos but like I don't think they should do it one one a week I think they should do like I think they should do um like a couple big videos? Yeah. All right, what do you think, Or Jake? a couple big Nintendo Directs. All right, Jake, what do you think? All of them or spread out over time? I want them to spread them out over time, but first do like a fourth of it at E3. All right. I would like... I really enjoy reveal trailers, so I really think they need to reveal like a good chunk of them in the beginning and then give us like, I would love a new reveal trailer at like noon every Thursday for the next like, you know, however many months until the game comes out. That's me, because I love reveal trailers for characters in fighting games. I think they, and after they release the game, I think they should wait a month, and then and then release a DLC character every month. Well, there's definitely going to be DLC characters. They made a lot of money on Smash with the DLC. Definitely. Alright, so, these are our thoughts, these are our opinions, we'd love to hear your answers to these questions, so please head on over to our community post where we will uh, be linking this particular we will be linking this podcast uh, so head on over to engagefamilygaming.com slash community uh, find where we have posted this special segment um, and leave us your comments we would love to hear what you have to say until next time get, get your, your family, family game on, on. Hello everyone, welcome back to Engage, a family gaming podcast. This is still episode 129. Yes, I have been allowed to do this for almost three years. Um, And I'm still here with Jenna and still here with Linda. And we're still talking about video games. Yes, I know, you heard Linda's voice talking about video games. The world is not over. We are in fact talking about Nintendo Labos. And the two of you guys uh, did a... Um, a very impressive project of coordinating a bunch of kids building things and nothing was broken, not even their spirits. And so that was impressive. Um, so tell me, uh, what did you think of the Nintendo Labos? 
Who do you want to go first? I mean, really either one. Linda, you're the guest. Tell us your thoughts. Well, I was really impressed by just the whole setup. Um, the quality of, I mean, it's cardboard, but the quality of the cardboard itself, how easily the kids of all ages, we had the littlest ones are five, yep. and they were able to punch things out without it becoming bent, ripped, mangled in any way. The um, cartridge actually going into the, the switch and giving directions and walking through everything was super easy. Um, it, it, and then once it came together, the games and the things they could do with it were really engaging for the kids and just really neat. Um, and on top of it, the engineering that I was able to see in the ones we did on Saturday, um, like the spool of the, the I'm sorry, the reel on the fishing pole. Yeah. I mean, just the the engineering that went into making the physical, yeah, um, joy uh, toy con was just incredible. Right. Absolutely. I, having seen the finished products, I agree. I was very impressed. Um, I wish I had seen it kind of not put together outside of just pictures, but I was not around. Jenna, what did, what are your thoughts? I was really impressed with the the pre-engineering that went into the entire game. Like like Linda said, I mean the 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 thought process behind how to make everything work and fit together and fold everything and bend everything and, you know, all of a sudden come up with an actual toy at the end of it. I mean, it's definitely STEM. It's definitely you know some some physics in there that the kids get to play with um we actually had installed something wrong the kids realized it after the fact on when we got home on saturday and were able to think through the fix physics of oh this is why it's not working let's on un- let's take it apart and reinstall it and see what we did wrong and then get it to work right and it it's you can go backwards on the disc to see what you missed you can go forward on the cartridge on the switch and then when you're all done, you have actual toys and games that you can play with the toys. So it's a pretty big investment up front for a bunch of cardboard. And that's a lot of complaints that we heard going into it. But once we got our hands on it, I think it's well worth the money that we put into it. I mean, because right. you're not paying again, for cardboard. Right. That's you're playing. Thing. You're playing. If you think about the hours that they put into it, I mean, we spent an entire day with how many kids on Saturday working on it? I mean... We had five. your two, our three, and yep. we spent a good solid, I want to say, six hours just oh, working on, on the Labo, if not more. I mean, we took some breaks in between. and Right, and we had know, some kids working and other people doing other things, but yeah. it was... And then Sunday, we brought it home and we finished the rest of the variety pack. So, um, and, and that was a little bit harder. We took on some of the more challenging ones. So the mm-hmm. first day, we built the fishing rod we built the rc car and evan got about halfway through the or maybe two-thirds of the way through the uh the motorbike the motorbike right and then um that night we came home we finished the motorbike and then sunday we did the piano and the house and the rest i I don't remember what the other thing was the piano the house and he did the rest of the motorbike right and the house was um the house was Jacob did that on his own um, and he had a good time with that and it does do some fun, there's some fun little mini games that you play with the house, it has various buttons that work like 
in different spots in the house, almost like keys. And you put those buttons into the, the slots and the windows and the doors. And the house has different things you can do that interact with how many times you push the buttons or spin the, spin the knob for the key. And it's pretty neat engineering. Um, the piano was the most complicated one to put together. Um, we had some errors where, you know, we had a little, one little, in all of the construction, one little bout of frustration was when um, my son had worked together to put all the piano keys together and they weren't balancing in the um, base that the keys fit in. So they were kind of all lopsided and twisted and curvy. And I said, that's not right. That's not how the pictures show that the piano should look. So we must have done something wrong when we were building it. Yep. And um, one little mini argument about, no, I spent all this time working on it. I don't want to go back. Only to figure out that there was um, a second piece of cardboard that if you turned it in the opposite direction, we put them both facing like the same L shape. If you turn them as like 90 degree angles opposite each other, it gave the key stability. And it was a simple fix. And it was very easy to do. And um, once we fixed it, it looks perfect. And the piano is a lot of fun. And it does actually teach them notes and has some, you know, learning components to it, which is, which is pretty neat. Um, but yeah, I was, I was impressed with what we got for what we paid, and I was not expecting to be um, impressed by it. I thought we'd be kind of disappointed with spending nine dollars was the variety pack. I yeah, think. the variety pack seventy um, bucks. And they spend $20 on a maker crate that comes to their door every month. And they have a little project to do in it. And a lot of it is very similar cardboard and rubber bands and spools and strings. And they make a little project that does something. Well, how many projects were in the variety pack? And it's certainly well worth what we what we spent on it. So that was my official opinion. Right. Fair enough. So um, what did your kids think about it, Linda? That we're buying it. Oh, all right. <laughs> That's well, the short answer. <laughs> Eli's already asking for it for her, like birthday and you know wanting it on the wish list. So they're really excited. I think they were a little sad to send it home with you guys, um, even though they you know they understood. But yeah, they're very excited. They want their own set. Um, and I'm actually I think it's something that we may you know see about acquiring at some point at least a variety set um, because then they can both be you know building something separately and it doesn't mean that you know one person builds and the other doesn't get to do anything yeah um, like the robot so we'll see they, they were really excited by it um, Eli keeps talking about the RC car he built and how he liked playing it even though it was he only had to pl got to play for a short period of time it made a big impression on him and your older one really liked to build. I mean, he was he was into that. He could have sat there, I think, and built all day if uh, he had the option. Honestly, I think if it's one of those, if we were to get the kit and say, go 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 to it, he would literally spend you know an entire you know twelve hours and just just build. He loves that kind of thing. He loves just following the directions and putting it together and you know making everything come together. So, and I yeah. was surprised that I mean my youngest and my middle child both have some issues with fine motor skills um they they struggle with it and the way that the cardboard was perforated and the way that the bends work that wasn't as much of a challenge as i thought it would be um none of the cardboard ripped with the little like rough edges that you get when some of you know you punch out 
board game punch outs and things like that. Um, it, it stayed pretty smooth. I think a couple of the the fine bends on some of the me- more mechanical pieces that are actually supposed to act as a button or do something, those were a little challenging for my middle guy. Um, but the little one had fun punching everything out, and she did a good job. I was I was like like you said the the construction that went into that and the and the engineering was pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. All right, so I I agree. I can't wait. We still have the robot ready to go. Um, so we're gonna, you know, we are waiting until there's a good afternoon for us to, you know, rock it out and do some more pictures and video. Um, and I'm gonna be involved in that one because, um, it's a giant robot that transforms. So of course, <laughs> I'm gonna help build it. Um, so um, couple of questions. Oh, oh go ahead. I do have some some FYIs that I found out that I didn't know. Our friendly local game store told us when I purchased it that while the game store doesn't provide any warranties on the Labo itself, Nintendo does. So when you do get your Labo and put it together, I guess you can register it and get some kind of minimal warranty on it. And also Nintendo does have replacement parts. Yep. For anything that breaks that you can order directly from the website. So yep. if your concern is that your children are going to be a little rough with the keyboard or rough with the reel on the fishing rod, yep. um, you can just buy replacement parts. Yep. Um, for sake of providing some cost ideas, um, here's what we got. The robot. So um, let's see here. That's the robot stuff. So let's get to the motorbike cardboard pack, for example, which is basically all the cardboard to replace the motorbike is $11.99. The fishing rod is $8.99. So, like, these are not the piano, for example, which I, I honestly think this is probably one where we're going to buy. I might just buy one of these soonish because the, the, the piano is actually seeing a lot of relatively rough use. Um, that's 12 bucks, which realistically, I know it's $12 for blah, blah, blah cardboard, but it's $12 for pre-punched cardboard that's colored and produced, etc. And they get to rebuild it um, because we still have the instructions on the software. I, these are really not uh, the house is six bucks. Um, so I mean, these are not, and the RC car is two ninety nine. Um, I would buy like ten of those just to rebuild them all the time. You know what I mean? Like this is one of those things that um, the replacement parts are. Um, and there's a reflective sticker sheet. Like if the reflective stickers that they use get busted, or if you just want more of them for the toy con garage, etc. Uh, two ninety nine for a sticker sheet. Um, these are relatively inexpensive. The robot is expensive, but you're buying individual, like, different parts that might break down. This is one of those, you know, I, I think the replacement kit, this is what my the people's biggest concern was from the time that it came out until the time it released. Had Nintendo just said, no, we're selling replacement parts on our website and, like, the house will be $7 or whatever, I think everybody would have just shut up about the durability of the cardboard. Yeah, you know what I mean, I mean. The only thing that we've seen that really had rough use is the keys in the piano, and the um, the way the motorbike twists. I mean, if the kids aren't gentle with that, that's gonna yeah. break. But 
like you said, the the pieces are not that expensive. They really yeah. aren't for what you're getting. If I don't think, I, I mean, I'm looking at it right here. I don't think it's going to break down anytime soon. It's going to look yeah. a little rougher around the edges, but again, that's what the decorating kits are for. Yeah, is you know well, the tape makes it a little bit more sturdy, um, and things yeah. like that. Well, so, tell me, right. tell me if my if my thought on this is correct. If your kid is using these enough that they break. It's probably worth buying a replacement, right? Like if they're you, I mean, if it gets stepped on or whatever, that's different. But if it breaks down because of use, then it's probably worth the twelve dollars to replace it, right? I think it yeah. is. Um, I mean, these are it's less painful than seventy. Yeah, exactly. And also, let's be real: if these were peripherals for a real game and they were selling like a real plastic house that you could put the switch thing in it would be like a $50 piece of equipment and you couldn't just throw it out I mean the reality is when they're done and they're never going to use the stuff again like the stuff that they don't want you can just throw away because it's recyclable like eventually they're not going to want the labos and we're going to be kind of done with them and you know what we'll just throw them out because they're that, that brings up my only critique about the labo they're not easy to store the toy con. Um, no, they're not. We have them in an Amazon box right now. Right. They're in an Amazon box in the you know, corner, kind of up high, away from everything. Yeah. Um, they, you know, because they are toys that they can go back to and play with, with the software, um, it, it makes it something that you need to store. And they're, they're, they are big, I mean, which is great when they're playing with them, but when you have to kind of put it away that becomes a bit of a challenge. So if I had any critique about what we've got so far is that the toy con are very difficult to, um, yeah, storage. They're in a, like I said, they're in the corner in a box in the corner of our dining room up high out of the way of, you know, being stepped on because, you know, if the kids walk away when they're done with it and they leave it sitting on the couch next to them or on the coffee table, the likelihood of it getting broken is, is obviously pretty high. So yeah. you got to get them out of the way. Agreed. Uh, because they're cardboard, you can't just stick them in the basement because they might become, you know, critter food. Well, well our basement is pretty good right now, but yeah, not everybody's yeah. basement is pretty good. But also, good and, I mean, humidity you know, is a thing. Poor insulation, so it's like, you know, I, I never trust that there might not be something that gets into it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe. But also humidity. Or something. But humidity yeah, yeah, is maybe. an issue, too. Humidity. With that said. You know, but, you know, plastic tubs are good for stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things that will need a dedicated storage solution. Um, so, do so. Here's some questions. Um, now that you have played with these things, do you think these things will be successful? Like, do you think that Nintendo's going to sell a bunch of these, or do you think this is just a novelty that you know we we are into because we're Nintendo dorks? More appropriately, I am a Nintendo dork, and they trapped me. What do you think? You know, I think. At least at the beginning, I think there's going to be a lot of buzz on this. Um, I mean, on Amazon right now, you can get them at regular retail, but there's a lot of people like upselling them already. Um, and, you know, I wonder how much they're going to be available because Nintendo is known for not making uh, abundance. They are not They are it. not great at making enough stuff. They're not. So I, I wonder if this is going to be something hard to find in six months or maybe okay. it'll be easy to find in six months. I think that this makes a good, I, I, like you talk about green articles on the website. I think that this makes a good item 
that can be given as a gift for a birthday gift or a holiday gift or something like that from a grandparent who's looking to spend a little more money um, and they don't really know what to get the kids, but they want them to have something with a educational value because mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe that's just me, but grandparents always feel like I want them to have something that's that that's good for them, but that's a toy too. And this is better than a typical video game, I think, in that perspective yeah. for, for grandparents and for gifting. So right, I think it does have, right. I think it does have some kind of some longevity and some legs with that. I think they they need to keep it fresh because the mini games are, are fun, but they're not like, oh my god, I've got to play that mini game right now. So um, making more variety or more interaction or something like that. I have a very strong feeling that this might go in the way of a subscription box. It might go to, you know, those of you who are Labo owners can get the newest Labo for, you know, twenty nine ninety nine a month or something like that and, and will keep you in supply. If they do stuff like that with the eShop and the Nintendo eStore and, and all of that. But I don't know. I mean, it's not uh, electronic. It, you need a physical item, so... I think a Labo subscription box would be actually kind of interesting if they had enough. Um, well, I guess that's that's a decent segue. Um, what do you guys think? What do you think? It, so, are, are the, do you think they're going to make more? I think so. I mean, looks like there's already a guitar that's out there that's not a um, Nintendo-made product specifically. It's an you know an independent publisher. Um, so I think there's going to be more people trying to get in on this, whether it's through Nintendo directly or as an independent publisher. Um, you know, and then there's also the the you know I'm looking at the um, the Labo website for Nintendo, and they talk about the ToyCon Garage and new ways to play. So if they can tap into other pieces in the software, and you know because we were just building, we really and you know just exploring a little bit superficially, we didn't delve into other ways, you know, other aspects of the software that might be something that can extend play, extend how people want to use this and make it more desirable. Yeah. The, the ToyCon Garage is probably, like, they buried the lead on that because um, the ToyCon Garage is where the is really where this thing shines um, because it basically allows you to create your own you know, you get to use the tools for the switch and the labos, etc., to make your own thing. Um, I have That's seen where they can really yeah. tap into the the STEM. Um, trend right now. I mean, that's definitely the big educational buzzword. And, you know, building this and interacting with the software is STEM-ish, but when you get in there and are creating, that is the heart of the STEM movement. Right. And so if they can tap into that, then you can might see classes where there's one switch and the kids have to go in and they can program or they can design or they design and then they can go in and apply it. And, you know, it's it, then it expands it beyond just go play a game with it. Right. Yeah. So I think that's where they can really make it shine in that if they want to go STEM, truly STEM. Yeah. And there's, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, these building boxes and these kits where you create things, they're they're huge. It, like you said, it's the new educational buzzword right now. So I, I think Nintendo actually opened the door to really kind of take the lead for video game companies on something that's like this. 
Um, you know, they took the lead in the the movement in video games and, and, and getting people up and out of their seats mm-hmm. when they were doing video games. They were the pioneer in that. And I think they might be pioneering something here if they can kind of keep it going. I mean, well, it, that's, so speaking that's, of... where, that's where they kind of fail is, is in the, you know, they come up with these great ideas to get people up and out and, and, and doing different things with their software and their hardware. But they kind of just... It's like they, this is our great idea. Look at what we did. This is awesome. And then they just kind of let it fall. That's kind of Nintendo's. Occasionally. Um, So um, that certainly hasn't been the case with every innovation they have ever had. However, they do drop things like a a freaking sack of potatoes um, if they don't think that it's going anywhere. So um, I want to share a prediction. Um, this is not mine, however, I am latching onto it and claiming it as pseudo my own. One Pear Schneider, the man, uh, the man behind IGN, suggested that they are making that one of the next labos will be an arcade cabinet that you can put the switch in and will allow you to play arcade games on it inside a cardboard arcade cabinet type deal. Um, I am, I want that so bad to be true that I am hoping to put that energy out into existence. Um, so shout out to Pear Schneider. That was obviously all him. But it makes perfect sense to make your own arcade cabinet. They have those for the iPad. Um, yep. So it makes it only makes sense to make one for the Nintendo Switch. What do you think, Jen? I think that would be awesome. I mean, you know how I, I like old arcade games, and I like I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Um, and it would certainly save us the money that you want to spend on getting an arcade cabinet in our basement. <laughs> oh, man, I almost had one. Um, Linda doesn't know, but John was almost going to have to uh, come to Massachusetts and get one with me, um, but uh, they couldn't get it out of their house because he built it in their basement and then never realized that he can never get it out because it's too big to get out the door. So, like, he built it and basically gave it to whoever bought the house. Because it just it comes with the house now. Um, he was going to give it to me. Um, I was going to put it in this basement somewhere. Because there's no way that there's no way that Jenna was going to let me put it in the living room. No. So it was going to have to be in the basement. So John was going to come and help me. Um, I promised that he could help play it uh, if he helped me get it. But alas. So I'll just have to use a little That's tiny right. one. So we'll have to use it. We'll have to have a Nintendo Switch one. Um, and. Like I said, I hope Nintendo keeps going with it. I mean, it's a it's a good direction. It's a fun product. I just, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I have high hopes. Me too. I have high hopes. Um. So with that, yeah. any final parting words about the Nintendo Labos? Or do you think we're good? Oh, I just have one thing. If they yes. want to go down the education train... Um, you know, if they have things of building a bridge and building, you know, something where it's engineering more, you know, where they could do it more of a scholarly way. Um, I think if they could tap into that again, that would just open more doors for them to have a bigger audience for this, get more people interested that aren't necessarily Nintendo fans. I'm, I'm with you on that. This is one of those things that they, they've tapped into an audience that, you know, obviously they've hit us, you know, and they hit me and nerds like me, but, you know, there are educators that have their eye on this thing because, and, and that is special. 
I think. So hopefully, knock on wood, they figure this stuff out and they keep these things coming. Um, I, I'm hoping they have another set to announce quickly. That's my other concern. Like if they're going to announce more sets, they got to come hot and fast because I think E3 people are, you know, perfect time. Yep, I think E3 for a, a follow up kit, a nice holiday themed one, or not holiday themed, but. Um, I build your own jack o' lantern, build your own tree, menorah, yeah. whatever. Um, I want to build Link's sword and shield, and put Joy Cons <laughs> in those things. I want. We'd have to buy a hundred and fifty of those kits for our boys because they would just play with those. Yeah. Forever, yeah. Forever. Forever. Yeah. And ever, That's and ever. a bad well, thing I mean... for us. Great for Nintendo. The replacement parts would be all up in that. I would absolutely let's, let's get one about, and hang it on my wall at work. I would totally get that. The Wii, Wii Sports Resort. Remember that? That had sword fighting in it and tennis and what, uh, what else do they have in it? All kinds of things that you could build your own tennis racket, build yep. your own sword, build your own all of those things. Could you imagine the, the movement and the Toy-Con combined? If they if they made toy cons to go with all of their like tennis rackets in Super Mario Tennis Aces, I mean, how cool would that be? It just it would be really neat. It would be really neat. I don't know. Nintendo, get on that. Make toy swords and all. Use your use your motion control stuff and the toy con yep. together and, and get it going. Um, I would like uh, Samus Aran's arm cannon. I would like um, Link Sword and Shield, Obvi, um, and I would, uh, yeah. I mean, I, all of those things sound awesome boxing to me. Gloves. I mean, it would just be cool. Okay, cardboard boxing gloves sound really dangerous. That's just, <laughs> um, but I'm all in. So, with that said, Nintendo, this is the three of us calling out to you: make more labos because we want them. So, folks, that's all the time we have today. Uh, we'd like to thank you for listening to Engage, a family gaming podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording it. We will be back next week with some special guests on our board game podcast, specifically the two people behind Fire Tower. Is it Fire Tower? It's Fire Tower, yes. right? Thank you. I can't. I don't know why I blanked on the game. It's we reviewed it. We've got a kick. It's our Kickstarter of the week last week. And I can't remember the name. So we're going to have them on our board game podcast next week to talk all about their Kickstarter campaign for Fire Tower. Um, in the meantime, though, like us, review us on iTunes or Google Play, share us with your friends. Bigger audience means bigger show. And you know what that means. More Engage Your Family Gaming podcast. So until next time, this is Steven and Jenna and Linda. We're signing off. But don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see you next week. Bye, folks. Bye, everyone. Bye. Boom. Thank you for listening to Engage, a family gaming podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week.